Hi, everyone. You're listening to Oh My Travel Podcast. I'm your host, Janine, a.k.a. La Wild Explorer, and I'm here today with our producer, Martha. And welcome back to Oh My Travel Podcast. Martha and I are joined by Denise Castaneda. Denise, please introduce yourself. We're so excited to have you on the show. Hi, everybody. So my name is Denise Castaneda. Um, I am originally from Los Angeles, California, um, but I've been living um, in London for the last four four years um, as an expat. I I work full-time in a consulting role, uh, management consulting, and my job brought me over here, which I'm pretty, I'm pretty lucky for um, in that sense. And then, um, and on my weekends and basically evenings, I try my best to just explore as much of London as I can and also the rest of Europe and the world. So um, I have a, I'm a travel content creator on the side, uh, amateur self-taught photographer, and I also run my own blog called denisecast.com. And a lot of my, my content really is around um, how do you travel with a nine to five job? Um, I know there, it's been a pretty big thing over the last couple of years about you know, people quitting their jobs and um, becoming digital nomad, which I'm totally for if you can do that. But for some of us who can't, aka someone like myself, who's very much tied to a location for my visa purposes, I, I'm trying to show that there is still, you can, you can do both. You can, you know, still have your full-time job and be able to, you know, live the lifestyle that you want. And if that includes me making travel work and making that a priority, it's completely possible. Hopefully that was a good summary. <laughs> no, that was awesome. And I think we need more content creators like you who really show that it is possible to do the nine to five and travel because I think that's, mo- most people have to work, you know, a full-time job. They, they have to work a nine to five. They have to be at a set location. Um, so that's really awesome. And I love all of the, like all the content creation that you've been doing. Um, I mean, that's 100% me. I can't go, I can I can go on vacation, but I can't quit my job and like leave because I need Medicare and I need income and I'm just not at that level, which we, while we appreciate and really like, you know, travel less over those who can, I like that there are people that show that you can have a fulfilling travel life without having to just quit and sell all your belongings. So thank you. Denise. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So Denise, before we get into, you know, more about, um, you know, your life as an expat, what you're doing in London, all that stuff. um, We wanted to do this quick little um, like icebreaker type thing, which is funny because like we we all know each other now. It's not like we need like an icebreaker, but it's this (laughs) little segment that we do (laughs) and it's called, do you love it? And I'm just going to shout out some randomness and then you're going to tell me if you love it. And then you don't have to be like, you don't have to hate it. You could just be indifferent or or not like it or whatever, but let us know if you love it. Okay. (laughs) All right. (laughs) No, no, no. These are all fun. I promise. Super easy. All right. First post-its. Love it. You Yay. Should know <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. You're like, so like queen of organization, very task. That's what I love. Do you have multicolors or like same color? 
Um, I'm limited right now in COVID. So um, <laughs> whatever I had stolen from the office at the time, that's the ones at the moment. <laughs> I but, love um, that. I'm very, I'm, I'm, I'm a project manager. Um, like my job is as a project manager. I'm, I'm certified in it as well. So organization is definitely like my organization doing and like task being task oriented. It's, it's very much my thing. So I always have like my post that that's my daily to-do list on top of my many other to-do lists. So I love it. Oh my gosh. That's so cute. All right. Next one. Rom-coms rom-coms love them what's your favorite oh god there's so many <laughs> I can't even think um it's one that I like there's one I watched recently I rewatched. It. it's called love Rosie and oh really, yeah and it's it's kind of random but it has Lily Collins in it and oh, what's his name Sam Kaplan um but it's based on a book that I had read before um, but the the movie was completely different from the book, but I really liked how they did it. It was like, it was a really sweet um, story. Oh, nice. Cute. Adding to my Netflix queue. All right. Planners. Planners. Um, indifferent. Like, really? I, if it's, I, I use Google Calendar a lot. So um, okay. if it's like application based, I do it. But if I have to carry a book, like I, it, it gets lost. So got you understand yeah um the spice girls love them who was your favorite spice girl <laughs> who, I, who who was denise the one that you called <laughs> mine was um mine was always posh victoria becca i, <laughs> I can see why you're in london yeah um, <laughs> i also think it makes a lot of sense too because when i tell people that they're like you wear a lot of black i was like correct <laughs> that was really because i am posh <laughs> No, growing up, um, I had sisters. So, you know, we each called our Spice Girl and I was uh, Baby Spice. I don't know why. It's so random, but that's why that's who I got. What about you, Janine? You know, I always like I was in between sporty and scary. I think scary because, I, well, you, you know, my like natural curly hair. Like I just, you know, growing up, I was like, oh, my hair is like hers, which it's not. But, you know, it you is. Yeah, yeah, you don't really see a lot of textured hair. Um, so yeah, I kind of like, you know, was drawn to scary, but then I also like sporty for some reason. I don't even think I was that sporty when I was younger. It was impressive because I always loved when she did her flips. Like I was like, uh, I wanted to see her cool, but I knew I wasn't. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now we just need a, um, we just need two more to complete, right? For no, a tree, for, need, for, for, we just need ginger right yeah well you can't play both of them oh yeah I can both. Yeah. you have to give up one so we need okay. two more gals and we can do a little spice girl um <laughs> a little fest <laughs> yeah. okay um breakfast or dinner dinner no breakfast for dinner a breakfast for dinner oh 100 <laughs> yeah because I don't eat breakfast in the morning so I eat I eat breakfast foods at any time of the day except for in the morning unless it's oh. a Saturday I love that. Yeah, I'm kind of the same. I'm like, I could eat it any time of day. I, like, I love breakfast food, but sometimes it's hard to get it in, you know, in the in the actual AM. Yeah, I'm I'm a I'm definitely a brunch person, so um, that's usually when I get my most breakfast foods brunch on the weekends. So love it. Um, emo music. Ooh, love it. Yes. <laughs> Were you love a it. kid growing up? 
Are you just like um, the music? I love music in general. And I'm one of those people. I was, I was joking with somebody the other day. And I think it sometimes surprises people, but I love sad songs and I don't know why, but there's something I, I, I love singer songwriter songs. And there are days where I just listen to like, I call it my sad bitch hours playlist where it's just like really sad songs and like very moving, but then it's like, I'm just like chilling and doing work throughout the day. And I don't know, it's just, maybe it's just me and my feels and being a little emo, so. I like that. No, I, I you know, I feel like sadder music is just a little bit more, I don't know, moving the lyrics just mm -hmm. hit you. I don't know, I get you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last one. Water. Oh, love it. Yay. Denise, you passed the test. And I'm just kidding. This isn't a test. <laughs> so now we know a little bit more about you. And we know not to give Denise a planner for Christmas. So. She's going to throw it in the trash. Don't even do it. <laughs> no. Give her post-its. So many post-its. <laughs> oh probably God. not good for the environment. <laughs> okay. Right. I'm like, yeah, I, I learned that you can't recycle post-its and I was a little bit yeah. sad. I know. Yeah, I'm trying yeah. to move away from it because I found that out recently, but I'm, I'm really stuck it on. It's nice just to have it. So yeah, I guess if you already have them, you can't really do much. Just use them. You got to use what you have anyway. That's mm -hmm. the most eco way to do things. <laughs> All right. So moving along from post-its. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the term expat because we use this a lot and um, I think it's just, it's just a term that not everyone has like a full understanding of. And I know Denise, like you always like to like go into what an expat is and kind of be clear on, you know, how you move to London and all of that. So can you give us a little bit more of an explanation? Sure. So for me, um, my definition of an expat is short for expatriates. It's essentially someone who's moving into it. the pure definition is someone who's moving into another place that's not their um, like their home country. But the way I've always perceived it in is um, and, and it does blur the lines a little bit with like what an immigrant is, because essentially you're going through a similar process. Um, however, for me, like I I still technically call myself an expat because I'm on a work visa. I'm I'm quite lucky in my in kind of my origin story of moving to London. Like I had an opportunity through my company to move and do a secondment over here. And I've just been lucky enough to extend it over time. Like I'm actually in the process of re of, of still extending out my visa, but my um I, I would say like when that changes into um me actually becoming an immigrant, that will be like when I decide to um, make the decision and to try to settle, to settle here, um, which some visas allow you to do, some do not. Like my original visa that I was on over here um, was just for me to be here for a couple of years. And then I had to go back. Like the clause in that, um, in that visa was for me to go back. So definitely embrace my, you know, the title of being expatriate because the thought was I was always supposed to go back. I'm in a little bit of this limbo stage at the moment because um, I I have a boyfriend here now who's British, and um, but I I didn't want to tie my visa to him for my own purposes, still wanting to be independent and still wanting to tie my visa through work for other purposes. So 
Um, for me, I'm still I'm the laws that changed this year that allows me to switch into a different visa. It's still a work visa, but after five years, and then allows me the opportunity to um, do this. It's called leave to remain, which basically you do an application to then be able to settle in the country and be able to stay here. So I think now I'm starting to move out of that kind of like personally, I feel like I'm moving out from that expatriate process. And in the next, you know, five or so years, should my new visa, knock on wood, be um, approved, I'll actually be going through um, an immigrant process um, if I decide to, you know, if we if we do decide to stay and settle over here. Um, but the, you know, between now and five years from now, who knows what's going to happen? We both might want to um, get up and move to a different country. And then, you know, we might be expats there temporarily for a little bit. Um, I know some people um, will still call themselves expats, even though they um, have settled in. I, I personally am of the point of, you know, until I know I'm fully settled, um, which might not always be the case. Um, I think there's a slight difference for me, but everyone interprets it differently. Yeah, no, thank you for like giving, you know, the definition and just how like you see things um, from what I'm gathering. So expat is like, I like, well, you are living in another country. It's not like a permanent thing, but it's a long-term thing. Whereas mm -hmm. if you're going to be there and settle in London, you would then be immigrating to London or to yeah. um, sorry, the UK. Yeah, yeah, I would consider myself immigrating into the UK. And I, I the way I always see it is it's like I'm first generation American. My parents um, moved from the Philippines over to um, the US uh, before I was born. But, um, but, you know, they immigrated over and like it wasn't, I, I think there's a distinct difference of, you know, being somewhere temporarily versus long-term. But I do know that there are individuals who will still kind of wear, I mean, everyone loves to wear the expat badge um, because it just sounds a little bit nicer than immigrant to be fair. Um, there is like a slight privilege that comes with that too. Um, Cause 90% of the time you're, you're, if you're an expat, it tends to be people who are working in um, more well-paid jobs too. So um, it, yeah, there we can have an entire like our conversation about like the idiosyncrasies of all of that, which is quite fascinating. I've, I've, I've dove into some conversations over wine with some friends on, on that. And it, it brings up some interesting points to say the least. So no, no yeah. Yeah. Thank you. No, it, it really does. And I feel like the, um, I feel like to me, the, the people that mostly use the term expat are from widely like white countries um, like the UK, the US, Australia, New Zealand. Um, and even though someone can be moved and like settled, have a family been there for years and has, you know, the dual like citizenship or is able to have that passport um, that they will still consider themselves an expat um, as opposed to an immigrant, just because they, it is, it's true what you said that they kind of um, the term you kind of just like look down on it a little bit it doesn't it doesn't have the same like fancy like ring when essentially it is you know the same thing when someone's like been in a country and settled there but yeah, yeah I just wanted to touch on it just a little bit um, but thank you for that Denise um, yeah, thank you for the transparency um, okay so you you know you were working at a job in 
Los Angeles, correct? Right. It was mm -hmm. yes. in Los Angeles and um, your job had an opportunity come up that was, you know, at the London office or how did that work out? Because I know that, I mean, it isn't easy to, you know, even for an American, I can't just be like, Hey, I want to go work in the UK. Um, I mean, I can say that, but there, there's a, a longer process. Um, did you, I, I know you did it through your work, which might've been, I don't want to say a little bit easier, but can you just talk a little bit about that process? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would, I would definitely say it was easier because I could, I got a sponsorship through work. Um, I think the moving to the UK, the easiest way you can get over here is through one, like either being a student or two, having work sponsorship. And it is difficult to, um, you know, come over here and, and get sponsorship. Um, I, I have friends who like did the MBA thing and they were, you know, there were times where it was a little bit of a struggle to get a job that would sponsor them because they weren't, um, they weren't from the UK because they like certain companies need to have, um, they need to pay certain fees and stuff in order to be able to sponsor people. So it's an entire thing. Um, so my kind of backstory from that was I've, I've been working in consulting for quite some time, um, started my career in there straight out of university um, and was really like, I did everything I was supposed to do. Like I, you know, worked crazy hours. I like was living this like, you know, jet set travel work lifestyle where I was traveling to all sorts, like some, some cool places, some not so cool places um, for work. But I was like that jet setter consultant who was, um, who, had her own condo by LAX because I needed to be able to try, I, I needed to be able to, you know, be close enough to LAX to not, to, and to not worry about the traffic so I can, you know, get to and from my flights um, really easily. But I was kind of burning out for a little bit and wasn't sure if I wanted to like get a different job or potentially move somewhere else. Cause I, I was born and raised in Los Angeles. Um, went to school in Arizona for a little bit, but came back and started my career in LA just because of family reasons. I had some grandparents who were getting a little bit older and I wanted to be close by because in uni, it, when I was at, at college, it was there was a couple of times where I just felt like, oh, it's, you know, I kind of feel like I need to be close by at this point. But um, yeah, there was, there was several events that kind of had happened that culminated over the years for me to say like, I just really needed a change. So right when I was just, kind of pondering that um, there was an email that came through to work that said, hey, we're opening up this like global mobility program. So essentially like they had been doing this kind of one-off at uh, my company for a little bit, but they basically formalized a program where they said like, we'd rather, rather than us lose our talent to, you know, other companies, let's give them the opportunity to work in, in other offices. Cause then we know it's like people who've been in the firm for a while and like they're more or less likely they're, they're good. So the, um, the areas, the three countries that were available at the time they had off uh, postings for were Japan, Australia, and um, the UK being based in London. Um, Japan would have been great if I spoke Japanese, but that wasn't going to happen. Um, so it was really stuck between like London um, and Australia. So I pondered over for a little bit and around that kind of happened in like November 2015 timeframe. And then basically I, I worked really crazy hours throughout that end of the year. And then I took four weeks off all on PTO um, mm -hmm. because I had a ton of leftover PTO. 
And people thought I was like, oh, you took like an unpaid leave or sabbatical. I was like, no, the company paid for my four weeks off. So um, I took four weeks, I took four weeks off, spent three weeks in the Philippines um, with my family because I hadn't seen them for a while. Uh, my grandma over there and, and some family over there. So I decided to do that. And then I took a week to do a solo trip to by myself to Seoul, um, Korea, which was amazing. It was freezing. I would never go back in January <laughs> again um, because like, Californian and like Islander me just did not do well but um but it was such a good time and it was one of those things like it was everyone was scared for me because I was by myself in a country where I couldn't speak the language but I just like even though I was by myself like I just felt fine like I didn't feel worried when I was like out and about by myself just like walking around and stuff like I'd be in well-lit places I, I felt safe and I think around that time like it just kind of made me realize like wow I can do so much more stuff like this if I just like had the opportunity to be in a different place that would you know open up these travel doors for me so um yeah as soon as I got back had the conversations um to apply did the interview to go over here um and then I I know some people you know, I, I know other, I, there's a really big expat community at my work um, now, and a lot of them are really good friends of mine. A lot of them moved quite quickly afterwards. I probably took the longest, but it's because I had like my condo and like all these, you know, I had I had to get my life sorted out <laughs> before I could move over. So it, was, it took some time for me just to get things done. And like I had friends getting married and all this stuff. So like I, I didn't end up moving until January 2017. So it was kind of like a bit of a long process, but um, could I have moved sooner? Probably, but I think it it all kind of worked out in its own time. Right, you have to do everything at your own pace as well. Yeah. It's kind of cool that you had like this epiphany moment in Seoul and that just kind of, yeah. you know, changed things for you. Yeah, it has a special place in my heart just because of that. Cause I always, I always think about that trip. I was just like, yeah, that's when I just said like, I'm doing this, like I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna do this, so. I love that. Um, so you have been traveling, like you've just always had that travel bug in you. When mm -hmm. did you start your blog? Was that before or after moving to London? Yeah, so I started my blog after I moved to London. So I guess I backtrack a little bit. Like I caught the travel bug pretty early on. Like I I I was I was fairly lucky that my parent my 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 dad's well traveled, my mom is not. So she always found it important for us to like you know, be able to see places and, and kind of, it was for her to explore culture too, especially her being like an immigrant into from the US so, or into the US, sorry. Um, so, you know, a lot of our trips were like around the US for like San Francisco, Washington DC, New York, all these places. And then when I went to, you know, when I went to, I, I knew really early on, when, even when I was like 14, 15, I wanted to study abroad. So my first big trip um, out in the world on my own or not on my own was with, it was a group study abroad to Athens, Crete, and Rome after my freshman year at, at college. So that kind of like, that kind of hit me and, and, and loved that there. And then from there, when I was, um, when I was working, I was always that person who like took three weeks off of work because we're, we're really lucky and we get, we, we would get like 20 days. That's like with, that's your sick and your, and your paid time off. So I just wanted to take a sick day. Um, but, um, but I would always use that to kind of go and, and travel and see the world and stuff. So I'd always kind of thought about starting a blog, but it didn't actually come into fruition until I had moved over here. And I started, I, a lot of it was just like, I, my Instagram started a lot more in, um, 
when I moved over because I was I was always kind of taking pictures and doing stuff and posting up my travels there before like around 2015 god how long has Instagram been around <laughs> around for a while I want to say yeah. 2011 oh god yeah probably you're probably right yeah so I had been posting on Instagram for a while so it really kind of started with my Instagram and I always kind of knew I wanted to start the blog but I I was kind of lazy about it to be honest um but um so yeah a lot of my stuff was on Instagram and I was really just for me to share um it turned into more of like a travel, travel Instagram once I, once I moved over, cause I just wanted to share like where I was going and stuff. And it was, at first it was just like, oh, this is where, this is where I went this weekend. This is where, I, this is what I did for a weekend trip. Um, but eventually I kept getting asked for itineraries um, because I would be going to all these different places and all, and within the expat community I have here, like we're always, we're always kind of like trading tips and like, oh, this is where you go here. Or like, this is what I did for my itinerary. You could take it and then switch it to whatever you want to do with it. Um, and after a while I realized it was like, cause other people would ask me for any tips too. So I just decided, I was like, maybe I should just put this in a blog. Um, cause I didn't want to be like, I, I, when I thought of a blog before, I thought it was just very like, carry in um city or it's just like oh well blah. and I was like and which is fine but um but I'm pretty practical I, I I love reading I love reading stories like that but I don't think I have the same kind of um gift in that sense of storytelling but I it's I think I I do well and kind of like this is a place and you know this is the stuff around it versus like weaving a very you know beautiful story around it so um for me, it just became, it was just really to share my itineraries and to share things to do. So I started that in 2019 um, and launched that. Um, and yeah, like that's just kind of been where I've been sharing a lot of stuff. But I think now I've, I, it's kind of, I'll still be sharing a lot of weekend trip stuff and really and like kind of guides. It's It's been mainly guides and stuff. But um, since lockdown, um, I've shared a couple of things from like a London perspective, but I really want to um, focus later this year as travel opens up, how to um, providing a little bit more insight on like how to travel and not saying there's a right or wrong way to travel. But for me, this is how I plan. This is how, you know, I make it work with my job and kind of, you know, be another resource. I, I'm sure there's other resources out there, but at least for, for those who know me, like be a resource for them as to this is, this is what I do um, exactly. And, and hope, and hopefully I'll be coming out with that content sometime later this year. So. Oh, amazing. We can't wait. Um, I wanted to ask because you do have a nine to five and you are, you know, you have been based in London. Do you, are you traveling? Well, this is like pre- let's pretend COVID doesn't exist for a minute. Um, are you traveling more based in London than you were in LA? Or is it just that you're, you could just easily hop over to a whole other country within a couple hours? Yeah, I definitely think um, location makes a difference. Like um, for me, yeah, pre-COVID, I was more or less, there was, there'd be one week in a month I wouldn't be in London because I'd be traveling. And it, it definitely is a specific lifestyle. For, for me and a lot of my friends um, here in London, I've, I've been really lucky that I found very like-minded people. Like we're, we're all kind of, again, expatriates who, you know, have a little bit of income and, and, and have prioritized travel in their lives. Like, you know, it, it's pretty, it's, it's funny when we try to plan any 
in-person events in London because it's always like someone's always away because they've already pre-booked this trip um, or they found a great deal and like decided to go off and no one's like bothered by it kind of thing where I think if I was in the US people would always be bothered it's like oh why aren't you around um so um but yeah like pre pre-COVID it was um you know once at least one weekend a month be away somewhere else uh, whether that's within the UK or outside of the UK um you know, travel is really very different for me here than it was back in the States. I in, in the States, I was definitely like the points warrior and that and that person because um, I was um, I, I was flying for work a lot. So I was just like rocking up points. I'm going to use that to kind of fund my travels, which was great because it, it just cost more for me to go anywhere outside of the country. Um, here you can get really cheap flights, um, flight deals um, out to other places. It's again, depends on like what you prefer or not to like there. Um, I um, I don't mind the budget airlines, but there's a couple of them. Like I know I won't fly some of those routes just because I it, it wasn't the most pleasant experience sometimes. Um, but some but again, balance, right? So if I want to stay in like a much nicer lodging when I'm at my destination, I might sacrifice comfort on a flight um, for a cheaper flight just to make that happen. But for the most part, I try to, I try to, you know, get reasonable flights where, and, and I'm like the carry on person through and through, there's no check bag with me unless like I'm going anywhere that's over, um, that's over an eight hour flight at this point. So. I love that. I love that you know, I know you enjoy luxury, you enjoy, you know, staying at nice places and having these like, you know, nicer experiences, but you know where to like, kind of, I guess, be frugal, right? Yeah. And it, it, yeah, we always like to find a deal. <laughs> I have some friends who are, who are much bougier than me, but also um, love to find a deal as well. So like, there are times too, where we'll, and, and, it's funny too, because since here, like it's actually been, I, I've group traveled a lot more than I thought I would, but I think it's just because I found my people, which has been great. But, you know, group travel also requires a little bit more planning too, in terms of, all right, what does everybody want to do? And there's times too, where someone's like, oh, I want to do this. And I was like, all right, but what's the costing of that? Like, how do we, and, and it's funny because I have friends who are the exact same way where we're just like, all right, do the math on that. Like, how much is that per person? Is that worth it? Like we did this for, there's a there's a story when we went to, was it Croatia or was it in Portugal? One of those places, well, there, both of those times we went, we, we had rented boats for the day and like nice. anytime we're renting a boat, it's like, all right, what's the cost of the boat and how much, what's, what's the inclusions in there and what can we get out of it? So there was one, I think, I think it was in Algarve. We went to Algarve. We, we got, we did it and we found a deal and they're like, oh, but it also includes, um, because there's like about eight of us. They're like, well, also includes alcohol and like, they'll take us to a place for lunch. I was like, but lunch is not included. And they're like, all right, well, how much alcohol are they providing? <laughs> and then we did the math from there. We're just like, okay. So it, it, like we, we figured it out per person. And I was just like, okay, reasonable, like still like pricey, but like not, it wasn't like outrageous where we were all paying like 200 per person kind of thing. So, um, you know, we try to find ways to like still live the, you know, have the fun experience but also skimp where need be. Um, totally. Everyone needs someone like you um, in their group travel plans because yeah, the, you know, breaking it down and making sure it all makes sense. I would just be like, uh, hold on. I can't do this type of math right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, you have a couple people who love a spreadsheet. We can figure things out pretty quickly. 
I love it. Um, okay, so last question for you. Favorite place that you discovered since you since you moved to London? Ooh, that's a really tough one because I've been to like really, I've loved a lot of my trips um, pre-COVID. <laughs> um, so, oh, that's really tough. You've got to see like a lot of things that, I mean, maybe they're more known to people in the UK, but I mean, like, I mean, some of the places that you've, you've shown, cause I've seen like your Instagram and you really like focus on the UK and, and some of them. And um, I was like, I've never even heard of those places. And maybe it's like a bigger, you know, it's more well-known there, but I'm like, wait, what is this? Yeah. Um, I'd say like for me, um, well in the UK, like um, I'll, I'll give a couple. So in the UK, I've really enjoyed Cornwall. It's a beautiful like coastal town area. Um, that a lot of people visit and it, it's it's definitely like it's it has just like very good vibes that there are a lot of them are like surfing towns and stuff which is great um i'd say like some of my favorite places that i've discovered since moving over here though like um abroad would be um tromso norway was pretty special because that that was a trip where we um we went there for arctic pride um which was amazing um so I went there with some of my friends for for that trip and then we we really lucked out because we saw the northern lights twice and then we we had all these fun activities it was a pricier trip but it was it was a lot of fun but another one that really sticks out in my on my mind and it was one way I took in 20, 2019 was a really big travel year for me like when I look back at it like that was like peak I did so many places but I really enjoyed um I really enjoyed Georgia, the country. Oh, nice. A very underrated place, um, but it was really affordable, absolutely beautiful. The people are so nice, so, so nice. Um, and it was just, it was just such a cool trip because we had taken, we took about, I think it was like a, it was five or it only, I think it was only taking five days, like five PTO days. So we were there for a little bit, but then we hopped over to, to Baku and Azerbaijan where I got sick. So I, I don't really, I unfortunately don't remember much of Azerbaijan, <laughs> but, um, um, but Georgia was, was great. And, and we really, that was a fun trip too, because we, we really took time to like really explore various areas in that country, do like winery tours, see the mountains. We like followed at Anthony Bourdain's like different food places that he went to. So that was pretty awesome. Um, that really sticks out because it was a more recent one, but a more unique one I think not many people have gone to. Um, but then there's always places like like Turkey. Like I love Turkey. I went, I I went before I had moved over here and went went again a second time um, to um, to go to Cappadocia, which I hadn't been to, and then went over to Istanbul again and really got to explore Istanbul for like the first time I went to Istanbul was a one day layover. So I just kind of got to see whatever I got to see or one night layover. So I, I only got to see it like very, very things very quickly before I ha had to hop on a plane. So um, this next time around, we took a longer weekend ago and there was so, it was so nice to like explore so many of the other neighborhoods outside of just like what's in the um, old town area and just the main sites. So yeah, I, I mean, I feel pretty lucky. There's been a lot of really cool places I've, and experiences I've done. Like I've done truffle hunting in Alba. Um, I was reminded I did that the other day. <laughs> um, yeah, I was, I, was, I was going through some old some old 
photos and I've been archiving a lot because since I'm not traveling at the moment, I'm, I'm going into kind of the depths of the archives to see what I can pull up from a content perspective, um, mainly for, and, and it's been fun because I think it should be, I, I'm hoping it's inspiring for people who follow kind of my my socials and but for me it's it's kind of fun to look back and be like wow like I've done so much and I I always you, you don't always realize it when you're doing it but um for you know first gen Philippine American girl who came from LA like I think I like completely exceed expectations in terms of um you know how much of the world I, I thought I was going to see if you had told me that like 10-15 years ago so Oh, totally. Yeah. It, and That's amazing. Like, honestly, I, I, I'm looking at your Instagram and I know you just posted a reel of one of the places that you mentioned, the coastal town, and it's beautiful. You have like such great tips on your Instagram. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I try to be as informative as I can. Um, I've, I've actually found it's been, um, you know, before Instagram was very much like, oh, just post a pretty picture, which I still love to do because it's like, I fell in love with photography as a hobby, um, you know, throughout throughout this process. Cause I, I'm not, I'm since moving to like, I don't, I try not to keep, I mean, I still have stuff. Like I still have a lot of stuff. My boyfriend says I have a lot of stuff, but, um, but I try not to accumulate too much. So like for me, when I travel, like what I take back with me are like my photos because like, you know, I could always have like nice photos to have. And granted, a lot of them are on my drive. Eventually I'd like to be in a, you know, maybe when we're in a little bit of a bigger place, like we could, I could start framing and like, you know, my, my dream has always been to have a gallery wall with like all of my travel photos, um, which is still kind of a work in progress. I think they've like, my, my photography's definitely improved over the years too. So, which I, which I'm finding out as well, like looking back into the archives, but, um, but yeah, like I, I love to provide some, you know, tips and stuff to you when I, when I go there. Cause sometimes I think some people are like, oh, just go here, just go here. But I think it's always helpful just to have like a little bit of extra information too. Cause you never know. Some people might just be recommending something for the sake of it, but um, you know, every person's different. So I, I always come from the fact of like, not it might not be everybody's style, but this is what I like, so. I love that. Um, and where can everyone find these helpful tips and your practical itineraries and all that fun stuff? Yeah, so um, you can find, I, I have what they are, they're currently called Globe Charter, Charter Guides, but there might be a revamp later this year for that. So um, a lot of my, uh, I have a lot of guides up on my website, denisecast.com. Um, but a lot of my more recent stuff and that you'll see is because um, I'm, I'm doing a little bit of a, a website revamp um, this year. Fingers crossed it goes well, um, just because I want to get um, it, my, my site's been running a little bit slow. So I just want to be able to get more stuff on there <laughs> as needed. And then, um, yeah, but you can find a lot of information on um, my Instagram, which is it's Denise Cass, I-T-S, Denise C-A-S. Um, and I am on Instagram, also on TikTok as well. I've been starting, I've been trying to do a little bit more on, on, on there recently, which has been fun. It's been like, it's, it's interesting seeing kind of difference on what that platform's like too. So. Love it. And we're going to link all of that in the um, description. So we'll have all of Denise's links there. So you could go straight there and check Denise out and visit her blog. Um, yeah. 
Thank you, Denise. And a nice trip to London. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm always, if anybody ever wants like any tips for tips for London and or kind of just tips for, for most places, like feel free to DM me. It's probably the easiest DM or email me is probably the easiest way to get to me. Um, I'm still kind of working, like even going back, I actually realized like there's a lot of guides I still haven't even put up that I've been meaning to. So again, part of the revamp of the, of the structure of the site, hopefully will make it a little bit easier for me to put that, um, put up more. So hopefully well, we can't wait. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing everything with us, Denise. We really appreciate it. And we hope that COVID lets us travel soon and we can see more adventures from you. Thank you. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye everyone. That's our episode for today. Thank you everyone for listening to Oh My Travel Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Oh My Travel Podcast. You can find Martha at Martha Gets It and myself at La Wild Explorer. Make sure to subscribe. And if you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving us a five-star review because it helps us reach more people and we really want this community to grow. And if something from this episode really resonated with you, please take a screenshot and tag us. We love hearing from our community and we'd love to reshare your thoughts from the show. As always, we'll see you next week.